Welcome to the Down About Down podcast from County Down, Northern Ireland, with your host Chris Scott, for your ears only. Welcome along to the Down About Down podcast, broadcast from Killalay in County Down. Thank you for joining me. I'm Chris Scott. I'm your host. And tonight, or today, or whatever time you happen to be listening to this app, I'm talking to Doxy Leakey. And Doxy is a well-known artist in this part of the world in County Down. He's talking to me tonight all about his painting and his mindfulness, uh, how to put your story into a painting, revealing the inner child in himself through paintings and his experiences recently uh, at a local primary school, Cedar Primary School, with a P7 class. Uh, Also, how to deal with the future. And more interestingly, Doxy's brand new Christmas card featuring a lovely scene here in Killalay. Welcome back. It's the Down About Down podcast again. I think this is number two in the series, and last time we were talking to Colin Montgomery. Good friend of Connell's is now on the show. On the, you see, I'm going to say show again. <laughs> this is not a show anymore. It's not a show. It's not a show. The show is gone from broadcaster to podcaster. Doxy Leakey, welcome. <laughs> How are you, Chris? <laughs> welcome to the whatever this is. I have no idea. A chat between two mates. That's exactly. That, that sounds good, yeah. And, and it really is, because over the last number of years, I've got the know you really well and uh, I think the last time we spoke was probably about July and you had an exhibition in Killalay yeah it was a we were just start uh, just before the start of the exhibition we were chatting um, on your last uh, adventure that you were on yes so yeah it would have been July uh, end of July and, and and you know looking back now on on that exhibition a lot of things have happened since then but looking back on that you know how did it all go it went really well it went, went really well I sold a lot of lot of pieces of work and the feedback we got new people joining the library was amazing um there was just every day the girls were saying there's more people come in to see your exhibition signed up for the library strangers that they'd never seen before you know so it was it was nice it was very nice uh, of course, that was the library in Killalay. Well, and that was a, a sort of quite a novel idea, I think. And they may have done it years ago, and maybe with, with well, their exhibition. But I think it's a good way to, to move forward, isn't it? It was it was lovely. Um, Anne Anne asked me to do it before I did my first exhibition. I, yeah, you know, cold feet. I was only finding myself then, finding who I was as an artist and as just as a person, more importantly. And um, I, I will I'll get round to that. Um, um, um. And, you know, do you want to do, then Anne re, um, retired from the library service. And she says, you know, Sarah was saying about doing another exhibition or doing an exhibition in the library. And I sort of put it back a wee bit. And then this day, it was, it was quite funny. I just got a, I said yes. And then I got a text from Anne saying, go and see Sarah now. <laughs> and then I got in contact with Sarah. And I must say, the library board went above and beyond my first exhibition i had to do a lot of legwork for um most of the legwork actually if i'm honest my goodness the library board just took it over they advertised it they made you know flyers for the event even bought a license that connell montgomery of 45 (laughs) could um could he he could come and entertain play live music they went above and beyond uh, above and beyond and every day I went there it was do you want this done now is there anything else we can do for you and it was I think not the f- it was the sort of the first time where an exhibition actually felt like an exhibition now I did one in the, in the Dufferin coaching and it was amazing it was very hands-on because it was a spur of the moment thing on a whim um so um Janine and I just discussed, do you want to do it? I will do it this weekend. I sure, away we go, you know, advertise a little bit. And she was lovely, you know, cups of coffee. You know, Janine sat with us the, the whole time, came and did her normal, just swanning in and out, like floating in and out, you know. It was, it was, it was a lovely event. Really liked that venue as well. But um, I think it was the first time that somebody actually just, and in the library where the library services actually did it all for me so it was it was a nice feeling you know like oh i have nothing to do type thing 
Um, so it, it, it felt more, prof- uh, sort of, I want to say professional, because, you know, I had this thing where they, they actually asked me to come and do, and the girls just, you know, took it over, and they were pouring my, got a license and also I could have the wine, the glasses of wine, you know, add it and everything, and yeah, it was just, Wow. The subtle difference between um, the the other exhibitions you had and this one, you were normally on hand at the last one, isn't that, you know, the one before? Yes, I would have been, for the for the one before, Janine's in the Dufferin Arms Coaching Inn, uh, Dufferin Coaching Inn, sorry, um, I was there both days, on hand, all day, you know, so you were there and you were talking to people, whereas I just hung up the, the paintings. I went up a couple of times. Um, because sometimes I was actually specifically asked to be there if I could be there to talk about the paintings. And you do, you know, when it, when the, the people that are looking at the paintings are, you know, wanting to know about them and why, and I, I say the same thing, it helps to sell a painting if you're there, you know what I mean? But, you know, I get the impression that some people that want to buy your work want it to be absolutely turn your soul out, that it's going. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. As an artist, you know, they want you to be almost gutted inside that, that the painting's leaving. And the way I explain it every time, and I believe it with all my heart, all my heart, is when I'm painting a piece of work like that, the joy and all the emotions and the feelings that I get from painting that piece of work doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the person that's going to buy the painting. So some of them sit for a long, long time and they never sell. But then sooner or later somebody goes, you know what, I seen that painting the first time you brought it out and I wasn't sure and whatnot else. Um, tell me what way you felt when you were painting it and stuff like that. And I would tell them and next thing you know the painting's gone out the door. Mm-hmm. And, and I explained it the exact same way. When I get that joy of being that creative and that that creativeness comes through and you're doing the painting and all the emotions come with it in fact down to the very music that i play i i would associate music with songs you know or with the paintings i associate everything with everything and um it all belongs to the person that buys the painting mm-hmm. if that makes sense that's that's the way i describe it you know so you, you know cynically you just no but it's about money it's just you earning money. But now that puts a different <laughs> yeah. perspective, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's nice. It is yeah. lovely to sell a painting. Yeah. Um, it helps me to be able to continue on painting because it's a, it's a thing that doesn't pay. You know, it. it's not that it doesn't pay. It pays you, but by the time you buy the canvases, the paint, and you account for the time that you're spending in front of it, you couldn't actually really charge unless you were a machine and just churning out paintings after painting after paintings and you're painting for the wrong reason you're painting to make money i paint mostly because of my it helps keep me well you know it it, it helps keep me well um it's in a way it's my drinking it's my taking drugs it's you know, well, it's not my smoking in my booth because I'm sitting here with a cannabis <laughs> and I'm only after a smoke. <laughs> I'm only after a smoke. But it keeps me well um, because there's nothing better sitting in front of an easel and you're sitting there, you get, you get clean water if you've remembered to clean it. And if anybody paints with acrylics, if you don't clean your water, it oh, it's the most god-awful mm. smell, you know. Um, clean water, pick a song on YouTube music, and then I just let it recommend the songs thereafter. But if I'm in a specific mood, if I want to paint water or stuff like that, then it's Enya, Enigma, all the deep spiritual sort of, you know, because I'm always drawn to the water. Water is another way of me actually keep myself well. So it'll all be, you know, like pianos and or, or sometimes orchestral music, you know, you're just sitting there and off you go. You've had a day out and you haven't left your, you know, left your room effectively, you know. And of course, you broke the red dot rule, didn't you? The red dot, as in the red dot, as in putting the red dot on the painting, or yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The first, the first red dot, I, I put in my first exhibition. I put the wee signs underneath the paintings, 
And instead of putting a red dot on the painting, I actually got a marker and went, well, why do you want to stick something on the painting? Is that what you're referring to, the mm. red dot? Mm. So I actually painted the wee red dot on the on the label so it was nowhere near the painting. And I thought it was quite genius, you know. In fact, the very first time I was in the Blackberry Pass, I was asked to submit, or I, I submitted a piece of work and it was picked. And there's was... Um, a little gallery in Bangor called the Blackberry Path, and it was a piece of me. I've, I've since painted it. I think I painted it twice now. It was a photograph taken of me standing up the bow of a boat, going into Ringhaddy Sound on the sunset. But what you did was, when you stood up the bow of the boat like that, when it was dark, you were actually looking for moorings. So as you were coming through the moorings, you could see if there was a sunken moorin or something. You could. You have a far better chance of seeing the moorin from the front of the boat. Especially if you've had a wee beer or two, <laughs> you know. And um, I I got accepted, and the, the it was in a second-hand frame that I found in the charity shop, and it was done. It was watercolor and ink, pen and ink. And um, you know, this before my journey. This is way before I started properly painting again. And um, we were in, you have to come and open the night, my first ever opening night. It was all the buzz and there's glasses of wine and stuff and there's all the arty people were all about and they were reading poetry and recitals. It was actually quite fun. And I'm standing there with Agatha and um, Adele Gallagher, a very good friend of mine, and a cracking artist if she's listening to this. And just all a, just a quivering, sweaty mess of nerves and bundles and whatnot else. And... We were up in the, the gallery. I walked through into the gallery upstairs and they'd put it on the the wall as you walked through the door. And I, of course, I instantly sort of well up and the, the owner of the, the gallery goes, you're in the best spot in the house. And I said, so I see. So everybody's standing around. And there was a crowd of about 14 people standing and this one guy. And I'm sort of having a conversation with the company I'm in, but listening to a conversation at the same time. And I, and I think I actually just said to Adele and I got it, listen, um, I'm going to have to go over here. So not letting on anything at all, I went, do you like that painting? And the guy goes, oh, that's amazing. It reminds me of Ring Alley Sound. And I says, that's exactly where it is. I says, you must be a sailing man. Oh, yeah, we'll go through there to go to White Rock. And I go, yeah, yeah. And he says, that's exactly where I stand on the boat looking for moons. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. He says... Oh, I don't know. Are you the artist now? And I am, yeah. Oh, tell me all about it. Tell me all about it. So I'm telling them all about the painting and whatnot else. And it, it confirmed to me, like there, the guy that bought my painting had all the feelings and all and everything else of actually because he did that mm. at the front of the boat. So it confirmed to me my what I believe to be true mm. in the in the doing of the paintings. And the next thing I know, a lady left our company and we're talking away. And I goes, I'm going to have to go back. To my company, but lovely to meet you all. And they stood in front of the painting for I'm sure an hour or half an hour, more, forty five minutes or so. And the next thing you know, the guy came up and he puts a red dot on my painting, and I, I had no idea what that even meant. <laughs> and I goes, "What does that mean?" Yeah. And he goes, "Congratulations." He says, "You sold the painting there now." What? And the sheer bewilderment, and I instantly, oh, and he smoked. I'm going outside for a cigarette. Oh, 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 oh sold the paint. <laughs> 25 minutes into the exhibition, the paint was sold. That's incredible. Blew my mind. Yeah. Blew my mind. Yeah. Absolutely blew my mind. So that's how I found out even what a red dot was. And people say to me all the time, oh, you must know such and such an artist. You must know, must know such and such an artist. And I'm going, huh? Mm. What? <laughs> Who? I'm sorry, no. And I think that's one of the, the reasons why I paint like me. You know, every I got Turner, the name Turner dropped into me lots of times. Oh, Turner did this and Turner did that and Turner and Turner and your C's are very like Turner and I'm going, uh-huh. So I actually Googled Turner and I went, oh, right, yeah, actually his C's are amazing. But why is all his boats going to their death? All their boats are going to death and then he's going and there was a lot of his work, poetry stuff is very anti-governmental, you know, about the part of the man and stuff like this here, but the boat's going to their death. And I actually wrote a poem, an ode to Turner. Oh. Uh, it was a bit of a, maybe it was a bit cheeky actually, in, on reflection, it was a bit cheeky. 
you know, I think the, the last of it is, I wonder would Turner like my paintings or would he call me a brute? <laughs> but the painting, I think it, the painting's called Full Sail, and it's actually a friend of mine just a couple of doors down has it. It's called Full Sail, but in my mind it's called Howler at it, because it was boys in a storm, boat, beautiful emerald green sea, very stormy, very, and the boat's full sail, and the captain of the boat's going, Howler at it, boys, we'll get home. She can take it, you know. The boat did, and it's, don't get me wrong, Turner's paintings are absolutely beautiful. I mean, hopefully, not hopefully someday, I know I have done some really, really good seas, but he, he has that little, I think it's oils, mm-hmm. you know, the, the oils, um, to, to achieve that with acrylics is very, very difficult. I, I'm sure, I, well, I've no no doubt in my, in my ability that I could paint a sea as good as, mm-hmm. if I used the, the correct you know, material to do it with. But I think he's safe enough, you know. <laughs> I think he's safe enough. But, yeah, um, yeah. it always, it, it just, I couldn't understand why his boats all had to be going to their death. I'm sure there's a metaphor in there somewhere and some arty person will listen to it and say, well, you know, powered by the heavens above and whatnot else, and he, there's a meaning in there somewhere about, you know, everybody dies and whatnot else, so people can just give their own meaning to a painting. I just think he was a very clever man that knew that doom and gloom sold. But you, you, do you know, look at your own paintings. And, and yes, whilst you have um, scenes and scenic, you have, uh, I remember one there of a farmhouse, which could be anywhere. It could be my mum and dad's old house. Everybody says, yeah, I know yeah, where yeah. that is. Yeah. And so, you, you know, you've, you've all that going on, which we can identify with. But then you have things that we can't identify with, really. You know, you have these unknown characters standing in the middle of light zones and goodness knows what else on. <laughs> so, like, you and Turner have something in common, because no one has any idea what you're at. Yeah, they you're, they would be the um, inner child ones. Yeah. The inner child ones are the, the fountain. It's a fountain based on a fountain that i seen in Poland. And I took a photograph of a little toddler and his mother. And um, he was marching, and there was it was like a fireworks display, but with a fountain. It was the most amazing hour I ever sat. As soon as we heard the music, oh, you must come and see this. This is amazing. I just sat there listening to classical music, belting from a town centre, and the fountain was reacting with the music. So it was obviously designed to go together with it. And I watched this little toddler, and only now I can reflect back on it. I was witnessing. I knew what I was witnessing. Back then, I seen a toddler, and he was marching along and whatnot else, and stamping his welly boots in the puddle. And then I was just getting these photographs that were silhouette, mm-hmm. and these bright, this beautiful bright fountain and whatnot else. And then the mother came over, and she's she she leans over and she's talking to the child as he's marching and stuff. And I took some snaps, and I called the mother over and I asked her I says listen English and she oh yeah because everybody in Poland speaks English it's just Polish is very hard to learn and I says listen I took some photographs do you mind if you if you mind I'll delete them and she then requested me as a friend on Facebook so we could send her to them but later on then that was it was actually five years ago mm-hmm. it was five years ago because the memory just come up quite recently on Facebook in fact today that's weird that's amazing <laughs> anyway so looking when I did my um, set, sort of it's no other word for it but compassionate inquiry into myself and recognising that inside me there was a little boy that was scared of all these big massive things in the world it all happened um, I, oh, I tried to paint that painting twice before with watercolour and it wasn't happening it was just a, a mess and then I visited it after doing my compassionate inquiry with Alison McCrannan. I went, I'm going to start painting these paintings. I'm going to try that fountain. And the little boy reminded me of the little boy that was inside me and how, how free that I felt watching, just watching this child march about. And if I had been that age, I would have been... Do- In fact, I was 40-something, 40, 40 years of age, and I'm sure... If I had it the chance, I would have marched along through that fountain with that child, you know. And then with doing work with Jill, she actually made me realise, because I started painting the inner child and they were going. They were just selling straight away. I believe I, there's a lot more inner child paintings 
that I have actually displayed because a lot of people were given that painting because some were bereaved, some were lost and they got hope from that painting. So I actually can't tell you how many of them paintings that I have painted because I do not know the actual answer. I can't tell you. But people that were bereaved, there was a, I know I know of two received one of them paintings from me because of the message that they wrote when they seen that painting. So I actually painted them their own little painting. It confirmed some to me, it confirmed of the hope and the I confirmed just the hope and the nice feelings of it, but it was Jill then, again, Miss Gordon, if you're listening, pushing me out of comfort zones and stuff. Um, you ever tried putting your story down in a painting? And I went, that's actually a good idea. And I landed home with this in my mind going, oh, I wonder if I'm going to put my story down in the painting. And one of the inner children was sitting looking at me and I went, oh. And I painted one called Courage, and I painted the, there's a quite a recent one. We'll talk about it in a wee second. Um, I'd already did it, unknown, but known. I'm sure I did know, but yeah. I'd already documented a lot of my journey through the inner child ones. And the inner child paintings, you'll see the figure standing in the middle. In fact, there was an artist from the town who says that they were going to be that and my empty seat ones were going to be the ones that everybody's looking for. Whenever I'm gone and never, you know, when I'm worth money, <laughs> is when you're dead and when you're an artist. They're the ones that are everybody. And in fact, he actually asked my permission to paint his own version of it, and I got permission to paint one of his. But I already, I sent you all these five or six photographs, and she went, "There you go, you're amazing," you know. But the recent inner child one, we can touch on that if you wish. Um, I got my first sort of how could I put it. Not very pleasant email, and um, about my work, and it was it was it was I cut close. You don't know about this actually. Yeah. How, how, how long ago was this, Doxy? How long ago was this? Yeah, <laughs> this was just before I painted the Bullies Three. So you're talking three weeks ago, okay. three four weeks ago. I got an email through and. Um, it wasn't very pleasant, or I read it very not very pleasantly. And um, why did why would that person feel that way to attack me personally about this? And then you very quickly realise that that person obviously has a lot of anger and whatnot else built up inside. The reason why any bully attacks you or bullies you is they're making up for something. They're having a hard time. They're doing this and the best. You, you always find, not always find, but sometimes you, you can find that someone's best way of getting, venting all that anger is to put it on to whoever. You know, I did it. You know, I know different situations that has arose in my life where people have done that on me. Looking back at it now in a compassionate sort of a way, not compassionate sort of a way, in a compassionate way, I go, why did that guy do that? Oh, yeah, that boy didn't have a really good innings. You know, he had a hard life at this, he had a hard life here, you know, and you find that, you know, you find that if you actually can look at why is that person feeling like they need to do that to me, what is going on in that person's life, what you do with yourself, what's going on in my life that's making me feel terrible, if you look at that person that's bullying you and you can go, ah, uh, you know, so when you, the more aware of yourself you become, the easier it is to be more compassionate. I'm not saying you have to be compassionate and say, you know, thing. if somebody oversteps a mark with you, pump a string of sanities into them and if it's really calls for it, you know, say you're bang out of order. But um, why is this guy want to hurt me? And the best bit is we don't know, or he's not using his proper name, and... Uh, the the name he uses has a whole meaning to itself. That's not for air. I went okay. So this is this is the this is the the thing the problem that's presented to me. The problem is that somebody is not being very nice at all. Okay, this guy probably has X, Y, and Z going on in his life. Just judging from what he wrote, and then it says okay. 
I can put a full line, full stop under that now. But it inspired a painting. So it did. It, 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 it inspired the painting, The Bullies 3. And in The Bullies 3, there is the inner child standing in the fountain, as usual, lovely bright colours, and standing, arms outstretched, exposed, open, but in a way protected by the water, as I feel I, I am drawn to water. And two bullies sitting, and there's, there's three bullies all together, one's about to take a seat, and the two bullies sitting left and the right have both thrown stones at the, the person in the middle, but in a sneaky way, because they don't want anybody to know that that was them through the stones. So they're sitting with their arms down, but the stones are in the air and you can see them. And the guy in the middle, the biggest figure in the middle, he's about to take a seat, but he's glancing down at the stones that's sitting beside him to see if there's any weapons that he can use to throw and be sneaky about it. And the other meaning in the painting, or the, another part of the meaning of the painting is they're actually that obsessed with nobody knowing what they're about to do and nobody, like in a, almost a narcissistic way. It's, it's not almost a narcissistic, it is a narcissistic way, you know, unless you confront it <coughs> straight away. They'll try and do it sneakily. You know, we digs here and we digs there. Um, but they're that obsessed with their own selves that they can't even sit with each other. They have to sit alone, and they are sitting alone, um, and they'll always be alone because they can't just go and stand in the fucking water with the with the, the the guy in the middle. They're that obsessed with their own ill feeling and being who they are that they can't even sit with each other, and that's why they're separated so much. But the guy in the middle is still standing. Mm -hmm. The stones are going to fall short because if you look around the bottom of the fountain, the stones all fall short. Mm -hmm. Because you know, mm -hmm. he's not letting them hit him. So I learned it was it was a nice thing to put on the canvas, and I donated it then. I donated to speaking of which, I have to get that framed because they're having the draw for that on Friday, which is soon. I know, yeah, typical typical artist, you know, last minute, <laughs> fly by wire, you know, fly by the seat of my pants, you know. Oh, don't don't ask me to clean my studio because it's just the way I like it, you know. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's donated to LCCL, Pop-Up Art, because they help people in there that have been bullied and coercively controlled and a multitude of things with what they do and who they help. So um, I donated it to them, yeah, and hopefully somebody will get what the actual paint means. Strange as it may sound, there is the, all the dark colours around the outside of it, and they're they're paints grey. It's one. Of, it's my second favourite colour to olive drab, as anybody would ever know. If it's not olive drab, I hardly wear it. And paints grey is the colour of a beautiful night sky. Doesn't mean I'm in a dark place. I got psychologically evaluated by someone once at one of my exhibitions. Oh, you're in a big dark place, and this and that and the other. And I, I, I actually just like the colour of a night sky. And Payne's grey is that colour. It's like a dark navy blue, and it's very difficult to paint a night sky unless you're using dark colours. But I see the whole psychological end of it too. You know, you can say you were this way and feeling that way, and yes, music does affect music the situation that you're in. It absolutely affects your decisions and what you're going to paint and whatnot. Like I said at the start of the thing, you've been, yeah, you've got Orinoco flow. If you're going to paint water, paint it to Orinoco flow because you'll just put it on repeat all day and you'll have a breaking wave coming in over your easel, you know what I mean? Chris Scott on the Down About Down podcast. What, a, what, what, a, I'm just going to interrupt you. What an amazing journey just for one painting. So a bad situation coming to you, you look at it, may hurt you, you deal with it. You release that, that energy that you have, and then you, you give that for good use again, Doxy, for LCCL. What a journey. What a weave. It's, it's a real weave, a real tapestry, that. And fair play to you. You're, you're the winner, in a way. I, I, don't, I don't even think it has to be about, you know, I'd love to actually find out who it was, right? And just ask that person, how about you, all right? Mm. Is there anything you want to talk about? Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. And you'll, you know you'll get it. Oh, of course, I'm all right. No, no, no. That's fine. You know what I mean? 
I think I dealt with it in the most compassionate way. I, I spoke to Connell about it and yeah, you had the knee-jerk reaction. You wanted to go and find out who it was and there was all these names running around in my head and I spoke to Connell about it and Connell's going, you know what, mate, this is how it is and it gave me some really good advice and I did and I took it. I took his advice. Connell and I bounce off, off each other all the time. Ideas, you know, talk. I talk to you about things too. Mm-hmm. And... um I think I dealt with it in the most compassionate way for both of us. Because I didn't, in a way, the guy's immortalised in the painting now, that he's going to do good whether regardless if he likes it or not. You know, but... Did, did you reply to him then? I asked him who he was. And you had no reply. What What about sending a copy of the painting to him and explaining it around? If he's not listening now? Or she? No. He or she? No, I get the feeling it's a he, all right, like. <laughs> okay. In fact, actually... If, if, if it was to be blatantly honest, I have a rough idea who it was because he passed me down on the street one day and as soon as he seen me coming, his face went like thunder. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not about getting at him. You know, his words inspired me to do a painting, a, a compassionate one, because it, even though I am depicting three bullies who think anyone will notice that they're sitting on their own, they're lonely. They have to do things in a covert way that vents their anger, you know what I mean? And that's a hurtful place to be in for a guy, you know what I mean? I know, you know, I've been in a place like that myself. So I think it's not about here up you, you you know, you inspire the painting and there you are immortalised. It's actually, guy, you know what, I think you're sort of hurting a wee bit. And... I understand it, you know. So, what, what an amazing way to explain something through a painting to do with mindfulness, and that's something else that you have developed over the last couple of years. And I, I know you're very humble, and <laughs> you know, oh, it's not that's not me you're talking about. But you know what, Doxy, you can stand in front of any audience at any level and speak to them really well, especially about what you're passionate about, not only your art, but with the mindfulness as well, and put that across. And there's you've just put that across in exactly how you see, you, you've described that painting and why why that painting is the way it is. How are you finding that now, all the mindfulness and the and the talk? Is that expanding for you again? It, um, I, I got the, the opportunity to go to Cedar Primary School there. I was, I was in uh, P7s two afternoons. It was amazing. Mm. got a wee bit of mindfulness basically trying to um, inspire the kids a little bit um, once we get over the, the whole questions about the values of my paintings once they actually got over that oh, right. they, they were interested oh, in that my goodness. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the, the teacher did warn me oh they're going to be obsessed how much is that cost and what not yeah. else once and every little brush stroke I was doing on a painting I was like there's a hundred pound there's another hundred pound there's another hundred pound you know but it was teaching them that you are what you tell yourself. That's one of the biggest, the biggest parts of my um, art, mind, and soul classes that I do, and I do a, a demonstration at the start of that. And you, you were on one of my art classes, you know, where you stand in front of the easel. Can you paint? No. Take a step back. You are what you tell yourself. And the kids were mine. They're, they're, they're just their brains were just like wee sponges. You know what I mean? And was, what about this? And and we got. 20, I think it was my biggest class yet, and there was 20, I think there was 26, 26 or 27. It ended up, I was sort of challenged the first time, and I, I made the challenge in my own mind. It just escalated in my own mind, because I wasn't, I was that excited about being there. I didn't keep an eye on, you know, on my on myself, and it escalated, and it escalated, and then it, it didn't get the painting finished. Well, I got it mainly finished, but I had an idea that I've done once before, and I got every single one of the kids to do a little bit of the leave on the tree. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, so we they all did it. And then on the, the second day, at the start of the second day, I took it home and just did a little bit of tidying up. And then we gave it to um, Mrs. Bennett, Rachel Bennett. Yeah. We gave it to Rachel as a gift from the kids and myself, you know. Wow. And it was, it was very good. Although there was a couple of kids went home and they were like Smurfs. They paint everywhere, blue. Oh, it was wild. I mean, how they got paint, where they got paint. I mean, <laughs> they're kids. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually said, I actually said to, them, I says, what is your mother gonna say? Oh no, I've loads of them in the house. 
I go, okay. And Rachel, I said to Rachel, I said, that child's covered in paint. I'm glad I'm not doing the washing. You know, it was brilliant. The mindful art, I think, there's there's people now trying to secure the funding to get me to do it because I think in my in the feedback that I've got from all the classes that I've done, I've done, I've done quite a lot of them now, actually. You can see that it clicks. And with my mindfulness, I, I try to, when I'm explaining things, save you all the baller of what I learned. It's not like a shortcut, it's to the point. Do you know what I mean? I try to get it to the point as quickly as possible so it's more beneficial. There are some times where that doesn't work, but I'm pretty straight to the point with it. You know, if um, I don't understand why in my life, if I've been talking to someone, and I was was talking to Colin about this the other night, um, if I was talking to someone and, and doing the whole softly, softly approach, trying to help or let them you're not you're not trying to make them do something what you're actually trying to to achieve is to get that person to realize that they're doing it all themselves you know and it looks as if i'm doing this and i'm giving them that advice i'm only giving signposts yeah facilitator you're facilitating so i give the i give the chance and the opportunity you know well maybe you could go that way and then you could turn around and then after a while you get um, whereas Carl was sort of touched on it in his interview, you, you sort of, you then, it doesn't, it's not going, you know, there's wrong decisions. So I'd be to the point and say, well, what do you expect when this is what you did? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't understand why you have no money. Well, you were drinking all weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know, I don't feel too good. Hmm, all right, okay. Did you have a little gear at the weekend? I had one or two, you know, yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah That's going to get worse. You know what I mean? So having people to be responsible or showing people that you actually really are in the simplest way, not it's not a complicated... I put a post up not so long ago about climbing a mountain and at the top of sprocking up a mountain at the top of it, there's a, a music and going to be a fanfare and blah, 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 when really you just can walk around the mountain. <laughs> and You're a realist, really, aren't you? It, it is and it is. It's it sort of... It is, yeah, real... Do you really need to, what I would actually suggest to the person would be do you really need to go with it? You know? In fact, actually, can you take the car there? <laughs> you know, I, I say uh, walking stupid, I say it all the time. I enjoy a bit of a walk. Yeah. But walking stupid, you take the car. Yeah. Try to make I try to make it as my life as simple for myself now. I think that's beneficial for people. You know, to simplify um there's something happened, was it yesterday or the day before? And I, I was actually trying to think of it before I come up here because it would have been a good example. But it was amazing how quickly my mind made the problem complicated when really it was just like something like opening a door. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, oh, that some, I just can't put my finger on it, but I was thinking about it today. No, I can't put my finger on it, but it, I try to simplify my life, try to simplify the statements that are made by me you know, if someone says it's going to be the hardest journey in your life, I would say, you know, this possibly might be a difficult journey, but maybe not. Okay. Or maybe not as hard as you think. And I know that sort of goes against the grain with a lot of people. Well, is it possibly life experience that tells you that now? Now you're, you're further down that road on that journey, so you, you now know. A hundred percent. I was told what I was going to be doing was going to be the hardest thing I ever had to face in my life. And it was wrong. In fact... For the first half of that sort of thing, it sort of put me off going. It put me off it. Um, why do I want to go and do something hard when I'm already struggling as it is? You know, um, life experience taught me that. I have asked people, was it a difficult journey? No, it was really, really hard. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Okay. And not what that tells me was the actual person hadn't done anything more difficult than that. Not that it wasn't, it's not taken away from their journey. It was, they haven't actually done anything as difficult as that before. Whereas it taught me is, I've maybe done something that was a wee bit crap, you know, more harder than watching my P's and Q's. But do, are we on? Well, I'll just keep watching my P's and Q's. <laughs> 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 thanks, thanks, Doxy. Um, yeah, so it just tells me that I was 
further not taken away. See, you, you're, you're constantly critical of yourself. Not critical of yourself. I, I find myself sometimes holding back because it is good to hold back. Sometimes. But in, in my experience, not judging what the other person has been or where they were going or whatnot else, in my own little duxy land, I was down somewhere that was harder than my journey was to inquire into that. Don't get me wrong, I found out some things about myself that were not very nice. And they made me cry and everything else. But they were amazing to find out because it was another tool that they had in my arsenal to, to understand myself. Yeah. You know, why does that upset me so much? And then you can look back and, it, you know, and you're looking back, I, I can't emphasize this enough, you're looking back not to blame, you're looking back, if you, if you want to look back at your life to blame for reasons why you feel the way you do, you're on a beaten target, you are going nowhere. But when you want to look back at your life to understand why you feel like you do, that's a different kettle of fish. So I have little things that trigger me in my life. You know, they trigger. We talk about triggers on your show before. But I understand them now. And by understanding the reason why they trigger me, and, and compassionate by in, a, in, a, in an embracing way where you look at yourself and go, you know what, you're an adult now and that doesn't need to hurt you the way it does. You know, you can brace yourself and just say, listen, you're a, I'm not going to let anybody hurt the wee boy inside you anymore. When you can understand that, you can actually keep away from it, and it gets easier. The more you understand yourself, the more you understand the bad situations that are not good for you, and it just goes hand in hand with staying out of the bad situations. Do you know what I mean? It, it's like a, it, it gets... Your journey gets easier the more you the more you look at yourself and to understand yourself to try and help you feel better about yourself. The more you do that, the easier it gets. You know. But spotting the situations that trigger you are easier to stay away from. You don't have to become a social recluse. You know, as as my good friend Kevin Young said, you know, I said, I can't say no. Oh, mate, I just can't say no. And it was one, there's, there's two things Kevin said to me that I use quite regularly, and they are, they're absolutely brilliant. I mean, they're brilliant. They're just fantastic. And the first one was, um, you're doing the best, that people are doing the best they can with what they have. Now, that helped me be compassionate to a lot of things that happened in my life two very important things in my life that helped me be compassionate towards him that one thing that he said and the other one was um i need to i need to get it right now i can't say no and the way he looked at me when he said it with that big kevin grin on his face you know i've won for you he says say yes and don't do it mm. and i went no you can't can you no you can't you couldn't do that and he looked at me smiling, ear to ear, why not? Mm. Oh, you're letting people down, you're letting everyone down. And then I had the, the, the moment of, oh, well, there you go, you're letting people down. You don't want to do a thing, so you're going to upset yourself because you don't want to let people down. And it was the way he just turned around. I can even tell you where we were in Delamont. We're walking down past the tunnel and the train. You know the, where the trains are? Yes, yes, they keep yes, the trains yes, in. Yes, right. We're walking around the back of there, the down Patrick Road's on the right-hand side, yeah. and we're walking down there, and he just goes, what? She says, just say yes and don't go. <laughs> it was one of the most yeah. liberating things I have ever, ever witnessed. It was just, yeah, yeah I can, I can. Because my immediate reaction to it was, oh, no, you couldn't. You couldn't let people down then. You'll just be getting the name of, oh, he's not this and he's not that. And, and he says, there you go. You're just reinforcing what you're actually saying. Can I just inter interject at this moment? Now, if, if there's anyone out there looking doxy to paint a commission, he'll not just say yes and not do it, I assume. <laughs> no, no. That's something I enjoy doing. That's something I enjoy doing. And if I've done it, if I have done that, I, I have genuinely <laughs> forgotten about the commission. Chatting with Chris on the Down About Down podcast. The, the, you, you know, you, you, you look back to your past 
to get through today, to understand today. How do you view tomorrow then? How do you view the future? How do you view where you're going to be in 10 years time? I don't. But you're developing. So now you look back and I, I'm going to say to you, you have developed so much as I've known you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to say your art's got any better. It, you've changed. You've, you've just... I'm not. You can't. I can't say to you the painting that I first seen you brought to my house is any better. Anyway, I'm not going to go that road. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but you've developed. You've developed your ideas. You've developed more. You've found even a niche. You know. But what I'm saying to you is, you know where you've come in three. Certainly in three years that I've maybe known you. But so you, you've seen the progression to now. So you do know there's going to be progression for the next three years. You're bound to know that. You're bound to know that. If if I'm here, if I'm here for the next three years. If I'm because it's, yeah, it's nothing's promised. Nothing's promised. I live today, but where I'm going to go with my art is not be afraid to experiment with my paintings. Who knows what's going to come next? I did one the other day. It was called "Not in the Mood" because it wasn't in the mood. It's just blue. What's surprising about that? People actually like it. Yeah. So I might put it off. Excuse me. I might put it off as a one-off. We a wee sale, you know. Um, not be afraid anymore. It, when I teach my art on a on a Tuesday evening, I, I tell the girls all the time, you know, experiment with your paintings. How do you do this? This is how I do this. You will learn by practicing and doing this repetitively. But please don't just stick to that. Why not mix a bit of Latin with it and do that and do that and do that? Without making assumptions of where I'm going to go, I'm going to have less rules again. Because getting rid of rules and regulations like that are liberating. They tie you down and they do things and, you know, just hold you back. It's, it's interesting because anybody else in your position in, in other genres would have a business plan. They would have been to someone that would have had a business plan set out. They would have said, right, next year I'm going to earn X amount of thousands of pounds. I'm going to, I need to earn this. I'm going to do this. I need to get that. You don't do that. I, you, I do a thing. I've been doing a thing with a very good friend of mine who shall remain nameless because like another good friend of mine that helps me out with wee little things, they like to remain nameless too. So, but it was more of where where I've been and a little bit of projection of where I would like to be, okay? But it's very informal and I think that's why I I like doing it. It's very informal because it does give you, not like you're stretching for a goal because that is not good. That's not good to stretch, overstretching yourself and to think. For my, for me, myself, that I found was one of the cords around your ankles and shackling you to the ground. I'm going to, if I, if speculation and um, pure speculation maybe of where I might be in three years' time, I hope I'm actually where I am. Mm. I don't want to be any better or any worse. Um... I want to have fun doing it. I want to find and let YouTube recommend some more. Ama- I found more amazing music as I've been painting. And I, I've thousands of songs liked because it's just recommending. You know, it goes in the algorithm. Sometimes you think the algorithm wants you to just go out and be not a nice person to yourself and, and go on, on a trail of thing. But I'm learning about that. I'm finishing my third diploma in art therapy doesn't let me be an art therapist but it lets me use the techniques of being an art therapist from Harley Street in, in London didn't even know who that was I had to google it you know where I would like to be in three years time is where I am no better no worse enjoying myself sitting by the water talking to you talking to Carl um, less ties I would really like less, even less, more, less ties than I have at the minute. And I don't have very many. (laughs) You know what I mean? I I do not have very many ties. I'm enjoying where I am. I would quite like to be here in three years' time, where I am. You know what I mean? Um, Helping people, helping myself, helping people. Now, we're going back to the library again. And the library appears... On, on one of your paintings. Now, this is a bit of a turn here. So I'm sitting looking at one of your paintings, and the library, like, why would you put a library into uh, a, a painting? But it actually does appear, and we are looking at a Christmas card, Doxy. 
you are <laughs> wow well done now it, 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 it's uh, your version of uh, the castle uh, and there's a, a man in red standing to the right and there's a bit of snow and it's a Christmas card well done uh, thank you very much yes um, Sandy Claus by yeah it's not that far away now no no it's not actually what another two months but, but what, what an amazing idea I mean uh, I, I see you Margaret my art my way which that, that just sums up our whole conversation tonight and that's what's on your website but what a brilliant idea how are you finding this going down uh, well when I did the painting it was for that intention was to sort of do a Christmassy card thing with it, and um, it was twenty one, isn't it? Look yeah, twenty one. Doxy twenty one. Yeah, Doxy twenty one. So anyway, um, took some photographs of it. A friend of mine, um, sort of, him and had told me about you know do that, sell that as Christmas cards and blah blah. blah. And that was away last year, and I went, oh, <laughs> warning, warning, Will <laughs> Robinson. Oh, something new. Oh, I have to do my whole walking up the mountain get the <laughs> sparkle done and fanfare yeah. anyway this year this year uh, i decided to uh go for it mm. and I, I can tell you one of the biggest things with that stopping me from doing that was because there's so many other people doing the exact same thing and i didn't want to step on any toes and upset and putting people yeah yeah but they're not doing the exact same no, thing because no that. one can paint like that. No. You can't paint like yeah, yeah. who? Leo Casement. Leo Casement can't paint like Patricia, uh, who, who's their exhibition at the minute. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, you're all different. We're all different, yeah. We're all unique. Yeah, and I, I put them up, um, got them printed, and I, I put them up. They sold in 45 minutes. Wow, well done. Busiest. 45 minutes. <laughs> I learned a valuable lesson. Number one was not do a countdown if many cards left, because every single time I did the countdown, calculated it up, blah, 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 blah. There's, oh, here, can you get me five, or can you get me two? And oh, I'll have to recount. And then because I shared it on both pages, I had to change the edit them <laughs> on both pages. So I, I, I didn't do the... I didn't do the, the... Or I wouldn't do the countdown. And they, they all sold in 45 minutes, and I was like, blown away and i believe then you had to go for another release which is just is just happening as we speak apparently yes um i got an extra um 100 cards wow, well and um yeah if i was to count up the people that actually asked for cards when there was none left there would probably be about 40 or 50 left wow well so yeah do you know what amazes me christmas card do you know When's the last Christmas that I actually sent a Christmas card? I can't remember. Well, I'm hoping you're going to send one this year, right? Because I've got a little in for sale. <laughs> and, of course, they're tailored to Kelly Lay, I think. You know, looking at that card, eighteen, I think it was 1843, the first Christmas card was sent. And, you know, that castle was there in 1843. Maybe not looking as good as it looks now, but, you know, absolutely amazing. There's the library, there's the road, there's the snow, there's Santa Claus, it's all there encompassing one. How can people get a copy or get get one of these cards? What way, the, the how, how do you get in touch? Well, I will be, it'll be on my Facebook page um, today. Um, yeah, today. And if there's any left... You know, just send me a direct message on Facebook with how many you want, and they're three pound each. And yeah, and you, they come in a nice wee envelope and a wee plastic bag, which I have to fold, fold and put all in Aww. and everything else. <laughs> but it's going to be an adventure. Yeah. Um. So I'll have a couple of cans of boost and do that and get some music on. Yeah. So but you know, there. I I would say a lot of people will actually frame those. They'll actually keep on and frame it. Yeah, I think so. Um, my mum, my mum sort of asked me for some cards. But they were all sold, they were all gone. And she actually wrote a really class comment on my Facebook page. She said, I don't care if I didn't get a card because I've got the original hanging on my wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but yeah. what was mind-blowing, some of the people were actually commenting. And they're going, Scotland, Australia, America. They're going all over the world. All over the world. And that's the unique thing because, you know, inside it's Happy Christmas from Killalay and that's usually what happens. I mean, am I going to send out to my next door neighbour? Probably not. But my friends in England, Wales, Scotland, wherever they are in the world, they're going to get one. Yeah, I know, it's amazing. It's it's and it's quite a good marketing tool, Doxy, isn't it? You know, because your details are there as well. So yes. people are going to pick up on your uh, website, your email address, it's all on it. So well done. It all hits on the back of it. Yeah, so, yeah. It's pretty clever. Thank you.
No, what what about I know there you, you came up very recently with another Christmas type scene. I mean, what's the chances of converting that into a card? It's yes, it's the one of Gibbs Island, I think. Yeah, and it's lovely. It, it really is nice. It was lovely to paint, but I wasn't sure whether I liked it or not. Um, it was lovely to paint. I enjoyed every second of it, and there was a lot of detail, a lot of work, and a lot of layers put into it. But I wasn't sure whether I liked the painting, if you know what I mean. Um, but I get that. I get a lot of the paintings that I think are going to go as lightning, you know, still in my studio. And paintings that have sold, like people are buying them and I'm going, I need to change that and I need to do that. And they're going, no, 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 don't touch that, you know. So there was a few people asked me about getting that as a Christmas card as well. But I'll have to put, you know, Gibbs Island on it somewhere so people that don't know Gibbs Island would know it. But yeah, as, as the lady... I like to think she's walking back with an armful of firewood. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Going back to the cottage, you know? Yeah. I like to think of her doing that. I was going to put a wee boat in at the quay on the other side and everything else, but no, I just put more detail into the water and a wee bit more detail into the lady. And what's striking about it is that the cottage is so warm and welcoming, like just like winter would be, yeah. you know? Yeah. You won't go into a cold house, you know? Mm. And it's quite remote there as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, so it, it, you've captured all that. Yeah, and, and I didn't put the Coil Yacht Club in, so if any of my Coil Yacht Club fans is down there, I'm sorry about it, but, you know, you weren't built in the oldie days, you know. But, you know, it sort of opens up another niche, another market for you, doesn't it? It does. It does. Um, another one less shackle. Mm-hmm. You know, some good advice I was given, so I'm going to yeah. stop batting the advice. And you know, like all the other artists around here, you have such a beautiful area to work in, you know, you don't have to go too far to get a good scene. You know, I, I was asked one day about, um, you know, by painting around cross cars on the gat, and to be honest, and it's, it's no it's no criticism of the town, there was a guy actually said to me, he says, you know, there's nothing really to take photographs off around in cross car. We are so fortunate, I we really, really, really are so fortunate that you can drive... 20 minutes round this lock, anywhere in Stratford Lock. I, I've had guys come up to some of the sailing events, absolutely blown away by the beauty of Stratford Lock. I've spent long days, long nights watching sun go down and sun come up again in the same 24 hours at the shores of Stratford Lock. It's even when it's in turmoil, bubbling, weller howling, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. It's so beautiful, we, c- we can't get rid of Jimmy Nesbitt now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's never away from here. He's murdering and plundering the whole way around Stranford Lock. So he is. He's like a modern-day Viking, okay? <laughs> he is, all right, actually. But you know, it says a lot that there's so much here. It, it, it is, it's beautiful. And like it's right on your doorstep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, in the last interview that I listened to with Connell, you know, um, get, just get out. The fresh air... You know, you think it's all out of mumbo jumbo. You know, listen to affirmations and do this and do that. And then, you know, everybody believes that it's a pill fixes you. You know, I didn't. I didn't want to take pills. I wanted to understand why I felt the way I did. So I didn't take pills. You know what I mean? They were offered to me. They were offered to me. You know, this will help you feel a wee bit better. And I'm going, what? It's one of the most addictive things in the world. And I get addicted to two flies going up the wall. You know what I mean? I just burn it out until it doesn't do anything for me anymore. I don't want to take them. I want to know why I feel this way. We'll give you whatever help. And he did. Doctor uh, Doctor McGill in the surgery says, I'll give you whatever help you need. Whatever you need, you ask. Yeah. That, this is interesting. And I remember I was taking, like, um, I, I take beta blockers for my heart. I thought I was taking a stroke and stuff. So I bought, you know, one of the blood pressure monitors, mm-hmm. you know, swells up in your arm. It wasn't a cheap one. It was a pretty reasonable one and I said to Dr. Michael I bought it and he went oh it's not a good idea you know you'll self-diagnose yourself and I went no I actually want to just keep a wee record of the situation that I'm in that's making me take these little things and wow he says I look forward to reading your notes and I said brilliant it's not to self-diagnose myself of a problem because you can go on to Google and find anything you go on to Google with a sore toe you can find your toes falling off You know what I mean? And you will get exactly... We have a tendency, as as human beings, we'll have a tendency to justify how we're feeling by finding exactly what we're looking for. So if you've got a sore head, you will find... you. Oh, I think I'm taking a hemorrhage. 
And you will find the symptoms. You will keep looking. We will create the very problem that we're feeling. We'll, we'll create it. Understanding that is liberating. Because instead of going and looking for the negative thing, like I'm learning a little bit in, at the minute, and it's, it's a fascinating experiment to do with, not experiment as such, but it's a fascinating thing to do with your, your clients in the mindful art. You know, pick your favourite song and listen to it and then paint the sky. Mm. Right? And then pick a song that makes you sad and listen to it. But don't tell them what you're doing. Right? You don't say what you're actually doing. I want you to listen to this piece of music and I want you to paint the sky and then I want you to listen to this piece of music and you see how music itself so you're feeling sad at, at, at a broken heart or whatever and you listen to your favourite love song and you're sitting there sobbing and crying, which I did many a time, many a time. And then you'll find the next sad song that's going to make you feel worse and you'll find the next one and the next one and the next one and then after that the algorithm from face or from YouTube will just keep finding them for you and you'll mm. sit there in a mess. Next thing you know you're lifting a bottle or you're taking a pill. Forget about the whole world and you're getting a release from it all and mm. you know I'm the life and soul of the party. And you'll you'll create the very the very way you're feeling. I've got my exact painting as you were thinking. I said, "What am I going to do the sky?" So the skyline's going to be the Sahara, Africa, and then in the foreground it's going to be Old Shep. Because, <laughs> and that's true. You know, that was my favorite song, Toto Africa and Toto Old Africa. Shep. I'll just cry. <laughs> but I get that. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. I explained to one of the, the people that I was talking to quite recently, actually. I've said, I've said a lot of times to, to different people. Um, you, you will think that your situation is unique. You, you are unique. And you are unique. And the situation that you're in will seem to you like it's unique to you. But I have come to realise that it's, been, it's happened to a million people there are millions of people in the exact same situation now their feelings are unique but the exact same thing so I've looked at some of the problems that I've had issues with and I've looked for similarities in other people that I may be talking to or just other people that maybe aren't good for me or people that are really good for me and I look for a similar situation and I realise quite quickly that yes the situation that you're in is unique to you at that minute but it has, it has happened millions of times over you know what I mean and when you look at the answer that is given most times to it is well there this will make you feel better or that will do this and this will do that and that will do the other and just by stepping out of that little bit of the comfort zone of well actually I know people have been taking them for years and can't get off them in fact actually whenever I first started to get sick there was one guy gave me a, a good piece of advice and I can't even thank him for it on here and he, he said to me, he says, I've been stuck on them things for 15 years, don't take them. I can't get off them. I can't get through my day without them. If, if you can do this another way, do it. And I did. And I am. And I'm still doing it. You know what I mean? And the secret in that also, from what you're saying, as someone who's stuck in that, you have to have the knowledge that there is a way out. So you need you need to talk. You need those people helping you. You need that because you're, you're just in that tunnel and you're not here now if, unless you have those sort of people around you and that's where you come in Yeah, I think it's actually not even it's just a realisation that there is in Norway you know what I mean it's not like you're expected to you know you, you will think in that situation that there's no other way out and I know I've been there you, there's nothing else to do you just don't want to hurt anymore and blah 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 and there's no one can help me there's nothing anybody can do and you'll just, that goes back to what I was saying, you'll justify how you're feeling by going and you'll convince yourself that this is what is wrong and this is the only way out of things and and it's wrong. So it's not even, it's just realising that you are actually wrong because there are ways out, there is ways out, there will always be ways out, there will be people that will help you, there even when your mind and your body and everything else is telling you this is it, there's no other way out for me, you're wrong. You're just confirming to yourself what you're actually feeling. There is, there are so many people out there. There are so many people out there that will help you, talk to you, and get you to to not get you. See, even I'm conscious of even saying that. Get you to realize, help you 
come to the understanding that actually hmm, there is oh really and it's easy to go down a rabbit hole it's mm. uh, you know we call it snowballing and, and plummeting we call it all a multitude of things but it's easy to go down there and you'll just keep going you'll just go down and you'll find the next step down and down and down and down and you'll know you'll start to realize that what's happening is wrong that i don't want to be down here but here we go you know when you start to swim or dive deeper and down the hole you'll go but in every rabbit hole, every worm, there's a way out. Rabbits are clever. Uh, rabbits are clever. Yeah. Rabbit, rabbit, you know. So there is a way out. Always. Yeah. Always. There are people that will help. There will be people that will be able to tell you, I know how that feels. And there will be people there that will tell you, that must feel terrible. But they will help. Both will help. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there is. You know, I no despair. I, I know I've been there. I've been exactly. I've been there twice twice in my life I've been exactly there uh, there's no way out and there's all these debts mounting up and everything else and there's people that can help with it all there are and if you're sitting there convincing yourself that there's not you need to realise that there is because I'm telling you there is I'm not going to lie to you I'm not going to say well here you might get help if you, you know, there are there are people there but you want you need to look for them because unless you ask for it unless you tell someone there won't be, because then people aren't going around looking for you. Do you know what I mean? Why is it, like, I sat in the chair going, why is nobody, you know, nobody cares? If I don't text anybody, nobody texts me, and blah, 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 blah. Because people are getting about their own lives. People are getting about their own day. You know, you have to ask. And once you do ask, there are people that will help. In fact, there are people there that some people that are paid to, do it to help, and there's some other people that aren't paid to help. They're just helping you for the sake of helping you. But there are, and there's so many of them. In fact, in, especially in charity organisations, there are so many, so many charity organisations that can just go, right here, there we go. And you, of course, are aware of that. And, and, and you, again, you'll not say too much, but I, I know how you've helped those through your own talents. And and what you've gained, you're putting back in, which is brilliant. And on behalf of all the community and, and everyone in this area and right across you know, the province, because your story has touched so many people through local newspapers, national newspapers, people have read about it, Doxy. I just want to say thank you. Well, thank you for putting it out there and helping us get it out there. You're welcome. And listen, for every anyone interested in the Christmas card, then we're going to look at My Art, My Way. That's the website, uh, and it's that original painting by the one and only Doxy. Uh, email address, Doxy? DarrenLakeyArt at gmail.com. And Facebook, Mike Gallery, Doxy Lakey. Thank you. Doxy, thank you for taking the time tonight. Uh, or today, it could be tonight. You could be listening to us at any time from broadcasting to podcasting. We're available 24 hours a day if you want to keep listening to this. Doxy, that's been over an hour, believe it or not. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Until the next time, sir. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. You've been listening to Down About Down Podcast, hosted and produced by Chris Scott for your ears only. If you would like to get in touch with Chris at the Down About Down podcast, then email downaboutdown at outlook.com. 